Ah, oh, shit. I don't have my script in front of me. I'm a dumbass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's whatever. Um, <laughs> welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Double L Podcast. I have my wonderful girl, Kev- Kelvin Smalls, with me. Um, he is a photographer and artist in my local area, and we're going to chop it up for a bit. But before we get into any of that, please give this podcast a like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please. And also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give it a five-star <laughs> review on po- on Apple Podcasts. It helps, through, it helps the podcast grow. And oh my goodness, that was all off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, that was hard. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. But uh but while we start this podcast, I would like to start this off on a bit of a somber note and give our condolences to MF Doom, uh one of the one of the great le- talents in this game who will for always and uh will always be missed. Yeah, man. Recipe's um, yeah, I honestly thought it was really tragic that he passed, but I'm glad that I'm glad that the family was able to mourn. It was able to mourn his passing in peace. Um, I'm. It's very on brand for him to just pass away like this, and for us not to know months later. But um, he he will definitely leave behind a legacy, don't you think? Uh, most definitely, man. Like, actually, have my copy of Home Food right now, like on me at all times. Oh, what? Like, oh, yo, that joint is dope. Bro, it was like the first Doom. Yeah, it was the first Doom album I listened to, and I think I've been like cooked ever since. So, I think that like, was uh, mine. That's how I found out who he was. I think that was my first one too, and I listened to that and. Mad vil super what, mad villainy. It's the it, it's the yeah. album when he has a black and white face, and yeah, it's a black and white, mm-hmm. and it's just a face and a picture of him. I remember listening to that on Pandora, with Mac Miller and Kid Cudi on the same radio station. Like, ugh, crazy, man, damn, yeah. Like he's definitely like, like one of them MCs. Like it doesn't matter. What beat you give him, it could be the most off kilter thing in the world, and he'll just rhyme over it easy each time. And he has by far one of the most bro. unique flows that we're probably it's, never it's, going to see again. Bro, his pen is unmatched to this day. Facts. But I was thinking, um, not just about him, but you know, the passing of artists, and I feel that. I feel that when an artist dies, it's a really unique process because most of the time when a, when a person dies, their legacy is either their kids or things that they left behind, but only a certain, only a, only a few could really enjoy the, thing, the things that they left behind, unlike artists. An artist, an artist kind of leaves back, uh, I would say, a permanent legacy that just anyone can easily access and enjoy, unlike a lot of professions. Not to say that other professions don't, you know, leave legacies. Of course they do, but it's more in a, it's probably the most accessible legacy. I would say. And, uh, it was just really making me think like his legacy is going to be like, Oh my goodness. I'm trying to gather my thoughts together and it's really hard. (laughs) 
What are you saying? It's definitely gonna be. It's gonna be like definitely one that stands the test of time because, like, with all the work that he put out from years ago to like everybody is up on him. Like, he's really your rapper's favorite rapper. Like, everybody mm-hmm. knows who Doom is. You know who Doom is? You've at least seen the helmet multiple times. Yeah. I feel like it's one of the few things that have it, it leads its own life. Like uh, Jay Dilla's uh, NPC, you know, like Michael Jackson glove, you know, like the accessory has its own, has its own life and character to it. But um, I was thinking, I, you know, normally I don't like to ask these questions because basically, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Which is a question I always hated. But uh, if you had to, I guess. What would you want your legacy to be in terms of, you know, your creative work? That's a a good question. Um, I just want my work to be respected. That's it. That's all I can ask for. Respect. Whether it's in museums, people just just have Prince. I just want people to have it in their hands and it's something attainable instead of like, on the screen, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was, you already yeah. see, like, I, I have, like, hard copies of albums and shit, so I like tangible things, and because they do last forever, so I, I just want people to have my work in their hands or be up at a wall like, at all times. That's the legacy I'm trying to leave behind. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's really good. Um, if I had to say, for me, I feel that I want, I want people to, I want to give people confidence in the sense that, oh yeah, this looks easy, man. I could totally do this. And even if it's not easy, I still got someone to, you know, pick up a camera or to just be creative and just do different things. Cause for me, it's like, I just really want to inspire the next generation to be creative and do what they want. Yeah. Definitely agree with that, man. Definitely. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, uh, RP Doom again. That shit's still crazy, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope his family is doing the best they can. But uh, what has been holding you down during COVID? my camera for sure for sure really? like yeah honestly i feel like last year or even hell just this year too even like a few days i've been in it's like i've put out more more work than i have in the last like two years because i'm recluse man like i don't really like posting things on ig like that i like to kind of hoard it for myself until i feel like a project could be made out of it because that's the, I feel like that's the type of photographer I am. I just don't post I things. On, yeah. I feel like I just want people to enjoy it as a whole. Because enjoy Insta- it. Camera for because sure. Instagram will, I feel like Instagram has definitely, it has impacted art in the most unique way possible because it has simultaneously helped it and almost elevated it to a to a certain extent but it's created a weird dichotomy and a weird 
relationship between am I going to be remembered? Are people going to people going to remember me a few weeks from now? I have to post and it almost creates a rat weight, a rat race in a sense, because there's just so much competition, quote unquote. Yeah. Because for every good thing Instagram has done, I feel like it's done an equally bad thing. Like it's like it's like it's almost the definition of a neutral thing. And it's really who what you get out of it and uh is it like isn't I think the saying is what you give is what you get or something like that. But uh essentially what I'm basically trying to say is that if Why are words escaping me? Why are words escaping me? Jesus Christ. Um, basically, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Eyes and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. It, it, it's, it's either good or bad. But um, have, you been wa- have you been working on anything? Anything that you can share with us? Yeah, I have been working on something already. Like... Already, dude. Like it's it's weird because I, I worked on a project most of last year for like I guess it was like I worked on it for eight nine months roughly mm-hmm. on my website, but then my website ended up getting hacked and deleted. So it's like the project never fucking happened. That's so, trash as fuck. Sorry to hear oh, that. Yeah. It was so bad. I mean, I'm not pissed off about it. I'm like. I'm making another site, so I'm like, dude, if that's the worst thing that's going to happen to me in 2020, whatever, like, I don't care. <laughs> People got it worse. So I was like, um, after I finished that, I just wanted to shoot mostly color because it was all black and white work. It was just strictly black and white. And I was like, man, let me shoot a little bit of color. Like, let me see what it is right now. And it's like, I plan on doing that for like here and there just to post it on IG. Nothing too serious, but the black and white work i'm working on another exhibition that kind of ties into the last one i did last year but okay i'm working like two years i'm so this is year one honestly how'd you get your start in uh um with photography oh man that's actually a really crazy story too honestly um I think it was roughly like 2016, 2017 around there. It's like I went through this really transition period was like I kind of just got out of a relationship. My board got stolen, so I couldn't skate. And I just remember being home all the time being like, okay, like, what do I do now? So like, I remember I was trying to draw for a little bit, but I never just stuck with it. So I was just like, man, like, I always wanted to do photography, but like, I don't know what, I don't even know where to freaking start, you know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. I think I picked up a camera off Amazon for like 80 bucks. I actually still have it. It's broken, but I quit and kept it. I break cameras every year, bro. Every single year. But, hi, oh, man. You're bold. Bro, it sucks, dude. It's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, yeah you I, have an excuse to get something new, but I mean, uh, I can imagine that's not wallet friendly. Oh my god, man. Not at all. Especially because I shoot film, dude. So it's like... 
ridiculous. But it was worth it. it. It was so worth it. I remember I picked it up and like it was like the first time I left the house in I think like two months. Like I was legit a hermit. I didn't leave the house for two months straight. Picked up the camera and it's like I was out the house every single day. So I just remember sticking with it, thinking it would only be a hobby, and it somehow turned into this. <laughs> and I like couldn't ask for anything more, honestly. It's like my during the early days, were you uh, during the early days, like uh, were you just taking photos? Like, were you uh, were there any people that you just looked up to, or it was just you spur the moment? I'm taking photos. I just need to get the fuck up out of the house. Yeah, I just need to get the fuck up out of the house. Like, I still to this day could only name like maybe one or two photographers, like professional photographers off the top of my head. This is like, I don't really pay too much attention to it. I just like to get out the house and go take photos. Like, I still do that, like, same method to this day. Like, a lot of the color photos I've been posting lately is just like, I'll go in my car hot box the whip and then just drive in a random neighborhood and like walk and take photos for hours. Like same work ethic, just it's on a bigger scale now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like with West Palm beach, like there's just a lot of, I feel, I feel like when you lived in an area for long enough, you don't really see the beauty in it anymore but do you have do you have troubles like finding locations do you like do you do you just think that ah oh, this place is too small for me i need a bigger canvas i need to leave the state like uh everyone else or do you feel that you could uh you know stay here for a little while or maybe like you know move like upstate florida or i don't know or just move around somewhere man like it's crazy because um like a lot of the shoots i have done it might be in the same area it's just i've learned to photograph things differently every time i go because um like even when i first picked up the camera the first place i went to the city place just to go like do it and it's like if i look at it three years ago to what i do now it's like i could be at the same place but photograph it and make it look completely different so it's like learning how to train my eye and do that. It's like that's thankfully is a skill I acquired. So it's like I can make places look different, even though I'm at the same damn location. As far as moving, I definitely do plan on like moving for sure. Like trying to go to L.A., but we'll see how that goes. L.A. Yeah. L.A. is really nice. And I do feel that as crazy as a city as crazy as the city is, it does respect artists to at least a certain extent. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that you will, you know, find luck there. But it sounds fun, too. It's L.A. Like, yeah, L.A. is one of those cities where, yeah, it may be a shithole. There may be piss on the side rock, but I'm having a fun time. Like <laughs> the place practically invented Coke on tits. OK, like. <laughs> You're not gonna have not gonna have a lame time. Exactly. Parents. It's controlled carnage out there. It really is. Yeah. Um, L.A. Like, do you know what part specifically? Like, uh, well, L.A. Oh my goodness, I'm stupid. I just said what part specifically of L.A. 
forgetting that LA is a city and not the state. Wow. <laughs> no, man, trust me, it's all good, bro. I meant I to know. say like a specific part of California, but now the now the question's dead. This way, nah, man, it's, good. it's just like there's certain little parts of LA I know not to go to, thanks to all the rap music I've been indulging in for the past like ten years of my life. Like Crenshaw, <laughs> freaking anything near the Swanson um, factory that, believe it or not, Tupac stood on in one of his music videos, and then Kendrick did it for another of his music videos. Like, I All think blend. that's time. Oh yeah, see, like there's just certain areas that I cannot go to, and like, and that, like my hair is dyed blue now, so I'm like, bro, I know damn well, like I'm gonna change that color before I go for sure. I mean, you could go to San Francisco over there. Bro, I went to San Francisco last year for literally like two hours, and then I had to fly back. Like I'm dead us. Ah, uh, so you ain't really. I can't even ask you if you liked it. Like you were, like you were just visiting. <laughs> that shit sucked, man. It sucked. I remember I was trying to go for my birthday. But would you go back? But I go back. Hell yeah, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, man. I'm gonna type. Okay. How to get up? I just. I feel like that's the real question. Been in West Palm. Oh, what'd you say? Sorry, you cut out towards the end. No, no, I was. I've been in West Palm for too long, man. Like I've been here my whole life, so like I gotta go. I feel that there are either people who who want to live here their whole life, and there are those who just want to leave immediately. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame either one because I see the beauty in this place and the underground scene here is very unique and it's not quite like any other city. And I do feel that people tend to take that a bit for granted here, but I would be lying to you if this city is not the most boring place on earth. I repeatedly call it a small town city with Wi-Fi. It really like, is. <laughs> yeah. Damn, let me use that. That's funny as hell. <laughs> it really is. Like, West Palm is small as hell, bro. Like, everybody knows everybody. That's why I kind of like and dislike about it. West Palm, it, it's, it's the most... It's the strangest city, well, not city, it's the strangest area ever, I have to say, because it brings all sorts of people. Well, Florida in general, I call it the Southern melting pot, but it, it just brings all sorts of people who have no business being together. And I feel like our schools, for the most part, are like the perfect example of that because even if let's say like it's dominated by one race you still find enough of that other races like you're not going to find just the one black guy like there's at least there's at least a few hell yeah as i'm saying a lot of the schools i went to like Hell, I went to Palm Beach Lakes High, and like they still had a melting pot full of people. Even though it's like the dominantly black school, we still had a bunch of like other races and everything. Yeah, 
But um, what gear like if you don't like if you don't mind me asking like what gear do you have like uh like what like what what camera are you using? Oh, uh, actually, again last year. I- The camera. So I was like, I need a backup for this one because I already know this year is gonna break. But like, uh, yeah, it's this uh, Mia C330. Like, it's a twin lens. You gotta like look down in it to take a photo. It, it's kind of weird. And it, funny enough, like, I was supposed to end out the little exhibition I was supposed to do with using photos from that camera. But like, I think I got like 73 photos back. I was so excited to like finally see them after like months of taking it because I take like I want to say two months or so to finish like maybe three rolls of film. So wow, I got you the, are the exact back. opposite of me, bro. It I take my fucking time. It's scary. Like <laughs> I treat film as if I'm still on digital. <laughs> like <laughs> I will take, I will take. I won't take the shame shot twice, but I would just take a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. Dude, I did the same thing like when I finally got to shoot color on this camera, which is like I want to say like last month or the month before. Like I was like, um, oh, sh- this, this, this. But you use Kodak, I'm guessing. Oh, I actually haven't used Kodak in so long, bro. Like, oh, so what I- are you using? Um, I'll use a uh, Fujifilm Pro H four hundred, I believe. That's the color film I was using, okay. and black and white. I just use like any Ilford film. That's like my go-to. Uh, do you develop it yourself, or do you uh, send it out to others? I send it out to others currently, but I am trying to definitely learn how to develop it before I fucking like just migrate over to Cali. Like I'm trying to buy all the equipment I need, and then just. Like do it myself. Hey, be careful with that, because uh, Blix, um, on on the on the bag itself, it it's basically like a bomb. Like as bad, like make sure like with Blix, like you either have it in the powdered form or don't travel <laughs> far with the liquid form because it is dangerous. Yeah, 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 bro. I know, like. I remember um, I was reading one of these books about like a bunch of like really successful photographers about like some of it, like it even started in the 1800s, bro. Like I read the whole book cover to cover and I think like at least 400 people went blind from the messing with the fucking chemicals. I'm like, dude, like, you're a blind photographer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That's not funny, but that's fucking hilarious. Bro, oh my God damn, those shits must have been strong, man. Also, like, um, I'm gonna take this second to address the chat. Gigi, I am not Terrence, okay? I don't know who you're trying to at right now, but I'm trying to conduct myself like a typical little podcast man, okay? Chill out. Anyway, what were you saying about our riveting conversation about bombs? Bro, yeah, man. Like, I kind of forget, like, sometimes that photography, especially if you're messing with film, it's like not only you're an artist, but you're like a mad scientist, damn near. Like you gotta be in the film lab, and like I'm trying yeah. to learn how to make friends and everything. It's kind of like 
I don't know, it's a very reclusive kind of thing. Like, it's also like people that shoot film take a while to put out shit. Like, it goes against the Instagram format completely. So that's why I work the way I do. I was like, I might as well just put out projects instead of just posting it to IG all the time. So that's why, I, that's at least how I work. Like, man, yeah, like, developing that shit would make my, um, work ethic a little bit faster because like I said I tell you I take a long time to do everything do you ever feel pressured that you have to shoot digital or mm, or not no not really like at one point I did and I had it like digital camera and did like this really good shoot with it but I noticed that, like, I would take, like, a hundred or so photos, and I was like, dude, I'm the type of person, like, I get distracted so fucking easily. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and do a hundred-something photos and, like, try to edit them or, like, see which ones I like, and then, like, boom, something else happens. I'm like, oh, I gotta go do this and that and the third. So, I was like, uh, I was like, I'd rather not. <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, I remember what, what I used to do before COVID, I would literally just go to parties, take pictures of people, get their Instagrams, and then just bust out like 400 photos in like two days. Like, like it was, I, I used to do that all for free. And now looking back on it, that was the best and worst marketing strategy I've ever thought of. <laughs> like, it was good because you, on a good night, you're probably meeting maybe. I would get maybe a hundred followers that night. But the bad thing is, is there's a level of like, yo, people want these photos now. Like I would get DMS the moment I left people talking about, Oh my God, I need these photos now that I can you send them. Can you send them? And it's like, yo, we just left the venue. Like I hate, I, I hate being rushed. And it's one thing I hate more being rushed is having unrealistic expectations. Uh-huh. Like I'm a photographer, not a fucking magician. Exactly, man. Exactly. Like that's another thing too, man. Like uh, with shooting events and everything. Like that's honestly that's how I got to like the decent amount of followers I got now. Like I still don't even have a thousand followers. I probably won't ever get to it anytime soon. But like, I mean, I'm with- being so honest. Once you hit a thousand followers on Instagram, things will just, um, if you post consistently, at least maybe once a week, if you, it will, it will snowball into something bigger. Cause I, every social media has, I would say a magic number in order for you to just grow easily. And for Instagram, I noticed it's a thousand cause I have a anime meme page that's a link down below in the disc and the bio of the twitch but once i hit a thousand it was so easy to grow like it made it made me realize that like i could have a bigger following if i want to on my main page because the main the magic number is hitting a thousand once you hit a thousand you're good yeah exactly and i met um other photographers from la and like they're like oh yeah like follow me like just random conversations too like i wouldn't even know they're a photographer or nothing it's just we'll have a conversation and then they talk about cameras i'm like oh shit all right but i'll like 
go on their IG and I'm like, bro, 7,000 damn followers. I'm like, oh my God. Like, I can't imagine. Like, I'm, I'm happy with my little 800. I'm chilling with that. I was like, if I get more cool, if I lose some, I don't care. <laughs> so, like I said, I barely post on there. It's like making my own platform I really care about. That's what, like, I'm excited to work on a new website again. So I'm like, oh, it's my own platform. Like, I don't need followers or likes or comments. I can just post shit on there and then disappear. Like, That's definitely, I would say not too many people have that ideology anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. Due to, like, things like Instagram and stuff, because... Like, I'm hearing you right now, and I'm just like, wow, that's definitely different. And the sad thing is, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, I, like I'm not supposed to create for someone else, essentially. I'm supposed to create on my, for myself on my own damn time, unless it's client work. But, you know, like, social media, I guess, just essentially warped that, warped that perception. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, dude, it's like... Like, I'll tell you, so my social media is literally the necessary evil. It really is. To me, in my eyes, I'm like, bro, like, we were just having a conversation about Twitter before we even started this, and I was like, man, as much as I don't like Twitter, like, let me find a freaking thread that I think is hilarious. I'll just get sucked into it. Like, I think it's called doom scrolling, where you just keep going. I'm like, bro, <laughs> it's worse. It's so addicting. Like, I can't help it. Like, I love social media. Like, I don't want to, like, bash it. But it's like for art, I'm like, okay, like it only holds people's attention spans like that. Like it's really quick. So I'm like, at least if you have your own website, it's like people, it can be quick as it wants, but it's all your work. You know what I'm saying? And it's on your own platform. Like, I will say that um, websites are interesting because they don't really follow typical social media platform norms if that makes any sense because you can have a cult following and not really post much with a website it's very strange oh yeah hell yeah like that's another thing too it's like i really like that's what i like about the west palm scene honestly it's like you can meet some people and then like if you really vibe with them and it's like all of a sudden boom got your name going it's like all the time people will come up to be like oh you know, such and such, right? I'm like, who? They're like, oh, they know you. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry. I don't leave my house. Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I only remember people by their Instagram names or like if I met them in person, like, like I had a good mm-hmm. conversation. That's how I remember people. So I'm like, dude, it sucks because I'm like, I feel like I have Alzheimer's when it comes to remembering people's names and shit. But like, when it like when the connection is good and like you start vibing, that's how you like really start getting like the cult following that I don't know, just a lot of artists have. Like think about the Basquiat to the mm-hmm. world and was homeless. Obviously kept his ear to the ground and then eventually like blew up. Like, I don't know. I just watch way too many documentaries and shit, honestly. What have you been watching? Oh, bro, like, right now I'm, like, trying to study jazz and soul along with just, like, Renaissance art as well. So it's, like, watching a whole bunch of documentaries on that, like, 
maybe listening to an uh, interview from Curtis Mayfield. Like, I was watching, like, an interview with him, like, years ago. You can tell that shit was, like, on a VHS tape, kind of old. But, like, watch that and just take notes and apply it to my work. Like I said, like, I'm trying to work on this little project for, like, another two years or so. So, do that and put it out. So, it's just all stuff trying to, like, build up to what I want to do eventually. Like, a lot of James Bond intros. <laughs> like, there's too many of them to fucking watch. So, I was like, I watch a shit ton of those. Because eventually, I just want to make a video like that, kind of. So... That's like my dream video to make is like a James Bond intro, honestly. Um, um, you're cutting out, so what are you saying? Oh, my bad, I'm cutting out. You know? Fucking Wi-Fi, dude. I can barely hear you. Did I say something? God damn. Fucking Wi-Fi. Hold on. Hold on real quick. And is messing up. Hold on. I'm trying to like see if I can hop back on this thing. There we go. Alright. Alright, yeah, it seems better now. Hello? I can hear you now. Oh, you can hear me? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, dude, my bad. My phone okay, cool. uh, I was just like, what is going on here? <laughs> no. Nah, dude, fuck it. But, uh, oh yeah, we were talking about video work. You said, uh, you said something about James Bond? Yeah, yeah, like, I'm a 007 fanatic, kind of. So it's like all the 007 themed intros were, like, really dope. Like, the one, um, Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Which was like sampled by Kanye, believe it or not, on a late registration. Mm-hmm. I watched that one a shit ton and just like you're trying to grab ideas from that so I could like kind of make my own like little James Bond intro knockoff kind of for my project. Cause the way I market it is like not strange, but like I figured it out. Like I figured out a formula for it with um, the project I did last year, Bliss Volume 1. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, I should keep doing this. And plus, I'm just going to keep getting better. Because I started working on videos like this year, just out of boredom. Like, I don't film other people. It's just weird shit that I want to do. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'll just put it out see if people like it. I didn't expect people to actually, like, fuck with it, honestly. What do you think of the uh, one that Billie Eilish did? Oh, oh, the intro for that one. And no, it's crazy. That's the only yeah. Bond movie I haven't watched. It's <laughs> the one she did the intro for. Is it out yet? Or like, I know the fact. I know she did the song, but I'm not even sure if the movie came out. I think it's like COVID pushed back. A yeah. Lot. I think it was called like Ready to... uh, Warner Bros. Uh, it was like No Time to Die, if I remember oh. correctly. Yeah. I was gonna say, but, I didn't even uh, watch 
a lot of a lot of uh, these big movie companies are scrambling, like fucking scrambling, trying to figure out what to do in COVID because the only real the only market that's that can really enjoy movies right now is China, and then everywhere else is like you can't really go into movie theaters. So it's creating this really unique situation. Every company is going about it differently. Like uh, HBO Max is basically using their movies as like loss leaders. Like, uh, like they're gonna they're gonna release what was it last year's lineup on HBO Max, and mm. basically try to make money back through that somehow. Which I don't know how much you're gonna make off a of streaming service, but more yeah. power to you. Like it, it COVID really messed up a lot of things in terms of uh in terms of putting out media, but the media that has come out this year, I would say, is really good. And not to say that, not to say that there just hasn't been a lot. I feel like there's been a lot of great shows, a lot of good movies like Tenant, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Christopher Nolan's but, like one of my characters, man. Like, he, he kills it. He's a goat. Oh, the show. The goat. Nothing short. So. Like, there probably is a bad Christopher Nolan movie, but I don't remember it because it doesn't <laughs> exist in my mind. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's the goat, man. But, um... What you said? That's the goat mentality. Like, think about it, bro. Nobody remembers any of the shots Michael Jordan missed. They remember all the ones he makes, though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, who's some of your favorite directors? Shit, dude. Um, I gotta go, obviously, with Jordan Peele. Like, I, I, I honestly love Us. People weren't as hyped on Us as they were on uh, Get Out, but I really like that one. Um, I'm trying to remember this guy's name, but he made one of my favorite horror movies ever. I've watched it multiple times. Um, name the movie. Um, it's Hereditary. Fucking crazy ass movie, bro. Love that movie. Every time you watch it, you see something different in it every single time. I'm like, bro, it's, it's so fucked. I need to give him his credit, man. Like, he made Midsommar. Oh my goodness. Really? Yeah. Ah. He made Midsummer as well. I think like I think a year or two later. I'm trying to remember. Alright, bro. He's I don't hundred percent know. But yeah, between them like they're like the two for me. Cause I, I've always wanted to make like a horror movie growing up, so I'm like, if I could, like I not based around them, but those are the two guys I would ask, like, hey yo, like how do you make this? Or like, yo, with like, how what drives your story? Just dissect your brain for sure. Like, if I could put them in a room together and just have a conversation, I would love to just listen. Does just be a fly on the wall? Hell yeah, hell yeah. Soak up game, man. Soak up a shit ton of game. Like, I honestly get like a lot of my inspiration for photos through movies and like music. If I'm being honest, it's it's never other for. T- Photographers ever like it's just mostly music, life situations, and movies. That's really it. I feel like 
I feel like caring about other photographers who aren't in your immediate circle. Like, I feel like that's way more of an art school type of thing. Because I noticed with a lot of self-taught artists, artists, they're not big on other photographers. Like, oh, granted, we're not saying that we just don't look at anyone and everyone else is a false prophet, obviously. Like, we're not saying that at all. But I feel like if you go to school for it, there's definitely... I don't want to say the word forced, but you is, you're going to learn about other photographers who are, you know, the greats in, in uh, I guess, your teacher's eyes. But I think it's good and it's bad because I always think that you should know your history. But I also think it's good because you can approach things from you can approach things from a different perspective than someone who's classically taught because you're just very um, running gun. You just go with the flow, like in terms of art. So you just provide a different perspective uh, to creative to to the creation into the project. Yeah. Most definitely, like my goal as of like I think it was last year. I was like, I want to learn all the rules to photography just to break them. Like, that was the goal. I was like, not every photo has to be sharp. Not even all of the photos have to be at, like, a straight angle. Like, I, Or in focus. Like, I learned that one yeah. recently. Yeah, I was going to say, not every photo has to be like that. Like, I think I was reading this book last year called The, the Soul to Camera, and that changed my whole perspective on photography. And ever since, I've just been approaching it really different. Um, what's it about if you could uh, give a bit of a spark nose of it um, it's pretty much about like using your camera as a tool but an extension of yourself because like at least on my end with like give you an example um, my, my color photos yeah they're good but it's like it doesn't really mean anything it doesn't really have much soul to it but like where I'm stronger in my black and white it's like it goes in depth. You can tell there's depth in it, and you can tell there's a meaning behind each and every photo. Like that's what the book was really trying to teach you. Is like the camera can tell when you're lying. So like you might as well just be honest with it, and then they'll put out like it'll just help you put out really great work. Like shit, I even named my camera because of that fucking book. Like seriously, that shit helped out so much. So I was like, I. I got it from the library when the world was open. So freaking like <laughs> ended up keeping it shit after the library closed. Like I got like a whole bookcase of just like nothing but books about photography and just trying to like soak up game. Like if I won't watch it on the interview, I'll just read it. Do you think that uh do you think that each camera you shoot with has its own little personality, you know, like different traits, stuff like that. Oh, hell yeah, most definitely. Like, like I said, dude, I'm telling you, I keep bringing it up, but I really do break so many cameras. Like every camera I've had since I started, I have them all broken. But like each and every last one of them, I can tell like at one point, it was like only color photos. 
and I was like shooting a bunch just to shoot it. And I think at that time, like my Instagram name was different. I was uh, going by that fool smalls completely just like different work ethic. That's how I got my name out there. That's what everybody knew me as. And then the next camera, I believe I started shooting a little bit of black and white. Then like the, just every time I held that camera, I became a little bit more serious with it. And I was like, okay, like maybe I'll just shoot this or I'll shoot it like this. Cause with black and white, I'm very intentional. Like with color, I just want to shoot color because it's pretty. And then I think with the camera I had last year, that's when it was like strictly black and white, especially because, um, you know, COVID and I was like, I couldn't do portraits as much. So I had to learn how to shoot self-portraits and still life. Did that and then ended up breaking that one. Now I got this one and it's like, I plan on just trying to not only learn this camera in and out, but like make sure it's an extension of myself as well. That's why I like, I told you I gave it even a name. So I'm like, all right, like, let's see where this thing takes me. Like, it's definitely like a, I, every time I look at it, bro, it's made in 1969. Like, this camera is old as hell, bro. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, like, the people that have had it before me, like, I'm just trying to do them justice. Like, use it to best my ability before I break it. <laughs> like, at this point, it's just an inevitability. It's not, it, yeah. like, it's going to happen. <laughs> you yeah, don't know when. <laughs> Like most definitely, I, I'm just I'm preparing for the worst, but still praying for the best. But uh, what would you, what would you give as advice to people who want to get into photography? Um, all the rules to photography didn't break it. Legit, just like just have fun with it, man. Because sometimes, like people people call it the oopsie frame, but I'm like, yo, that shit, like you never know. It might- it's on like people might actually like it like there's some photos i took where i'm like okay no way people are gonna like this i'm just post it on the gram and then all of a sudden it blows up i'm like what the fuck just happened so like legit just make sure when you do shoot something just like do it for fun man make sure it's you like make sure it's an extension of yourself for sure camera got sold too i never looked at it like that it makes a lot of sense, but I never, I always thought it had, I always thought every camera has little quirks, but I never thought to, I never thought to look at it from the, uh, I never thought, stop to think that every camera has a soul. I cannot word right. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm telling you, like, yeah, like every, every camera definitely to me has a soul, like. I called my camera the one I got now. I call it Nostradamus after the the philosopher. Not, yeah, I'm about to say after the philosopher that like could tell the future and shit. Like, man, this camera was stubborn, dude. Like at first, I didn't know how to use it, so I was like trying to learn and go overboard while trying to do all these like double exposures and shit. And I got like seven or three photos back, all of them trash. All of them were terrible. So I had to like sit back and be like, okay, I gotta learn how to use this camera. All of a sudden, I think I like all the color photos I'm posting now currently, I took like 103 in total and all of them came back perfect. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I was like, I just had to like slow down instead of like going freaking guns blazing. And I was like, all right. I was like, I see, I gotta take my time with this one. 
it is so strange but like it do you ever feel um do you ever feel that uh the creative space is too saturated hell yeah hell yeah it's like everybody i know is an artist and i feel like that word's becoming redundant now sadly but over the years you'll see who stay true to it that's all i'm gonna say like it's it kind of sucks but i feel like at the same time if what art did for me does for you then go for it like go for it if it gets you out of this really dark space do it like even if for a moment so i'm like if you call yourself an artist like hell yeah like that's a hell of a title because art when the, People think artists, they think they're going to make a whole lot of money off of it. Hell no. A lot of artists die broke, sadly. It's just yeah, the tragic truth about it. This is not an occupation that people would love to do unless you really love the craft. I feel that we live in a time where we can have our cake and eat it, unlike a lot of different generations. I feel like purely the fact that we have the internet we could just communicate to someone across the coast, get flued out, get paid, I don't know, a band for a shoot, get, like fly back and, and eat. I, I feel like getting flued out to do work is such, like, it, it's almost a luxury that would be, that, that, was, that, would, uh, that previous generations couldn't afford, you know? Not, not in the sense that they couldn't actually f- afford it, but in the sense that, Imagine, imagine flying someone out in the eighties to like, to do a photo shoot. Like it it almost doesn't make sense. Yeah, bro. level of why would you do that? Yeah, hell yeah. Even nowadays, it's like, like a lot of the people that I work with don't know I'm a photographer. This shit's like a good. 90% 90% of my life and people don't know it because like even when I go to these art events like I don't even bring my camera with me half of the time I'll just like show up and then normally if I strike a conversation with them I'm like oh this is good vibes get their Instagram that's how people find out that I'm a photographer nowadays but like some people are just have that personality or that persona where it's like hey I do this 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 they get flown out it's like they know how to network that's the art of networking man like Mm -hmm. shit helps (laughs) like i wish that i was a little bit more social before the world closed that shit sucks you gotta you gotta grow out of that a lot of people think it's cute to be an introvert and be like oh my god i'm just so i feel like a lot of people are fake shy Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they're they're aesthetically shy you know (laughs) they just They just want to be shy. And it's like, it's not like, unless it's genuinely you, like it's not Mm -hmm. something that you should necessarily aspire for because people who are shy will tell you, like, it's not a good thing. Like no one wants to be shy. Never. Yeah. It's like people, like people don't even know, like sometimes when I would go to the events and everything, like I have really bad social anxiety. So I was legit be there for like, I want to say 20 minutes leave the event walk around the area and that's how i find spo- spots for photos as well like i'll just walk around the area i'm like okay cool i'll take photos of it on my camera and then come back to it later 
go back to the event, socialize again, and just do the same thing until the event ends. Like, I'll just randomly disappear and then show back up. Like, people don't understand, like, yo, that shit sucks, especially because you can always miss the opportunity to actually meet somebody in that time frame that could, mm-hmm. like, not necessarily help you, but, like, they assist you getting your name out there or whatever. Yeah. Because, uh, for me, when I go to an event, I'm the exact opposite. I love bringing my camera and just talking to random strangers because it's just so like, for me, I just find it fun. And especially if it's a, if it's a place that has good vibes, like, uh, like the art show I met you at, like if it's a place like that, where it was nothing but good vibes from literally everyone, like it's not even a chore. I took over a lot of photos. I don't even remember a lot, how many, but it was a lot of photos and it, it didn't feel like work editing it. And I still think to this day, that's one of my best, that's one of my best photo shoots I've done ever Wow! because it's almost because I didn't know any of the photography rules, but I was breaking every single one of them on accident. Uh And I was just very young and fresh and are there things I could have done better? Yeah, but at the same time, they're imperfectly perfect. Yeah, I feel that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I really made some of the best work I've I've done just on accident, fumbling around during during that photo shoot. And to this day, I still haven't found. I still haven't gone to an event and had that much fun. It was like maybe. 100 people, I want to say. Like a few, maybe like, it wasn't more than 200, but it was just good vibes from all around. Like you can tell everyone was just fucking with each other, even though, even though you never met them, it was just good vibes all around. Like moments like, huh? No, I feel you. Like I, I've been in a room like that before, and that that energy is infectious, man. It really mm-hmm. is. Like moments like that make me want to go and do some shit. But yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, yeah it man. really is wild how how these things work. Like. I don't know, like, I, I, like, I've been like that since I was a kid, man. I've always been just quiet. I was always a quiet kid in class. So, like, even after graduating high school and getting into the, the art community, which I feel like, I still feel to this day I'm not in the art community. I just always joke around and say that, but everybody's like, oh, people know you. I'm like, no, they don't. <laughs> but No, you'll be surprised. People, people, people know you. People. The thing about West Palm, it's a small city. Everyone know, Everyone knows you. You just don't know that they know you. If that makes any sense. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's weird, very man. strange. It's weird. Cause, cause I, like, really... I remember I... Hmm. What are you going to say? No, I said I rarely show my face at events. So it's like, it's, it's crazy. I'm like, how in the world do like... <laughs> but yeah, what are you going to say? Though? Yeah, like I, I remember I did a photo shoot for Nico and the Awesome Richard boys. <laughs> And literally, I went to their event that they threw maybe a week or two later, 
and everyone's like, oh, da, da, this is you. Because I had recently posted it. I recently po- posted the work I had done. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is you. Da, 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 da. I seen this. I love your work. Da, da, da. I'm just like, oh, really? Like, nigga. Thanks. <laughs> if only yeah. I knew you. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept on, ha- I had that conversation like five or 10 times that same night, just being like, yo, I appreciate the love, but uh, if only I knew you, that would be great. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, I was, I was always a kid, like, I was a don't ask, don't tell kind of person, or it's like, yeah, I wouldn't talk to unless I was talked to. So whenever I show up to an event, like I said, especially because I don't go with my camera, people will not know who the hell I am. I'll just go around and i make genuine, it's kind of funny because that's how I end up doing uh, photo shoots with people later on. It's like, I go there and make the genuine connection, and then it's like, oh, hey, let's do a shoot. Then that's how it all happens. Like, I felt like that's kind of like my workflow, at least with portraits now. Because I honestly do the same few shoots with people that I've done before because, like I said, I'm a project photographer, so it's like everything is like people I already know or people I'm getting to know over the time. And I'm like, okay, cool. We've done a couple of shoots. Hey, do you want to be in this project? Then that's how that works. And I think from there, it's like I just go to events here and there. Like I'm very selective just because like I... Not that I say I don't like the art community. It's just like I like always feel like I've never been a part of it. So I like kind of distance myself. Like I said, like, I'm a hermit, man, even before COVID. So I was like, sheesh, like I kind of took that shit for granted because I wish I would have been like more expressive and everything. Even if I chill last demeanor, like. So I envy you for that, bro. I wish I could be like you. I mean, now the thing is, is that COVID is a weird thing because I feel like it gave, it gave everyone time to think about a lot of different things. Like, you know, just their own mortality, life, what they want to do with it, you know, all sorts of different aspects. And really, I'm kind of glad it gave us the time to think about these things because we would have never had the opportunity otherwise. Like a lot of people would just still be living their regular lives and not, and, and just not have some of the realizations that they had this year. Granted, this is a shitty year and I'm not saying it's good, Oh yeah. but there's always a positive. It may, you may not realize there's a positive, but there's a positive. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, that's the thing. Like, it forced everybody to sit the hell down. Like, I always call it the cocoon, man. Like, it really did force us into a cocoon. Whenever the hell this is all over, that's when people become the butterfly, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, we just gotta sit there and just wait. Just wait. Like, because I know damn well, like, people that are creatives during this time are finding new ways to go about it now. It's like, we had to really, like, Some people might last year I think I only did like two shoots. Like that's it. And the rest was just work that I worked out myself. That's when I found out I'm like, oh shit. I like to shoot projects. I might as well just do that. Instead of 
like just I was like I didn't literally feel the urge to post. I mean, it's not like it's a superpower, you know, the itch is always going to come back. It's just right now, as is, like I'm chilling. But I think, like, what do you think? Like, you brought up an interesting point. Uh, you said that creatives are going to, well, because of COVID, creatives have to find new avenues in order to express themselves. What do you think are some of these new different ways? And also, what do you think is the future? Ooh. I feel like people are definitely going to get into, like, I mean, this is just me being weird, like, just documenting themselves. Nah, like, be weird. Be weird. Yeah. It's like, People are gonna probably like document themselves quarantining quite a bit, or like, like I said, still life photography has been on a rise lately. Like that shit's tight. Um, man, I don't know. I even had like this weird idea that I wanted to knock out. Like I might just do like a small project for IG kind of thing, like a short video for it. Like I don't know. Just people are good. Like finding these weird little pockets of art now, where it's like. Before COVID, they would have never thought about this shit. Like, ever. Like, it would have never crossed their mind. And now they had to sit down and think. It's like, okay, now I gotta come up with some creative, ongoing guard kind of way to, like, really express myself. And then, like, that's when, like, uh, at least for photos and videos-wise, people started to experiment with shit. And with drawing, like, I have a friend, uh, I was actually hanging out with her a couple days ago. Like, she's really talented painter and drawer. Like, she's amazing. Like, even with her, she's like, I've almost kind of had, like, difficult time, like, trying to draw or paint. I'm like, that's because, like, a whole lot of shit happened last year. Like, as soon as you find that one little spark, that's all it takes, and you'll just keep going from there. Like, it's weird, man. Like, talking to other creators about it, it's, like, ridiculous. Like, some people had to, like, really, really slow down and then think. But that time is very much needed. Like, I've never met a creative that's just been like, oh, yeah. Like, I've never had a slump. Like, dude, every creative had a slump before. Like, that shit sucks. Like, we just can't think of shit. Yeah. Right. It all depends on how you react to it, I feel. That, that, that separates, you know, like, the boys from the men, metaphorically. Because how you react to a slump because there's like two i've only really seen two approaches it's either you go do some other shit or you force yourself to do it and i've seen both work really well i've seen more people do some other stuff and have a fun time and i feel like sometimes it just happens naturally you know like uh how you started off with photography and now you're doing video 
maybe you might not have been a, in a slump, but you know, you just naturally just try different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. But, but yeah, it, it all depends on how you, I feel like it all depends on how you react to it and not necessarily the fact that you're in a slump because being in a slump is natural. It's, it's human nature. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't get bored, uh, it's either you're doing something very new and interesting or you're a weirdo. Like you're just a weirdo. Like, like if you, I'll be more alarmed if you're doing something for like a year straight and you don't get a slump. Like that's almost scary. It really is. It's like because either you're just not being intentional about your art, or there's, or you're just blissfully and willingly just being ignorant. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like man, it's. I was like, that's what I was like. Really, that's why I gotta not appreciate COVID, but like. You know, give a little, give a little nod, man. It's like it, it forced everybody to just sit down and create. Cause like even with the project I did last year, I told you like at first what I wanted it to be before COVID, it was just like, oh, I just want to take some portraits of people and like have some pictures of flowers, like some still life shit, and put it out, dude. Like I don't know when it happened, but eventually, obviously, COVID hit. Friggin' everybody scared of World War Three. Black Lives Matter movement was going like at its peak, damn near. And I was just getting depressed so often to the point where I was like, okay, the photos that I was unconsciously taking for the project ended up having a narrative towards it. And I was like, oh, now I think I got something. I made. I started writing this whole like script kind of thing because I told myself I was going to do an exhibition and it'd be online due to COVID. I'm going to make a whole story with it that goes along with the photos and the photos tell the story themselves as well. So I believe it was like three o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting here typing it up and I'm like, okay, what am I going to call this? I already had the name Bliss in hand because that's what the original name was going to be. It was just supposed to be Bliss. Then I think I was like, oh, let me just call it Bliss Volume One. And then it eventually turned into Madman's Theory. I'm not too sure when. I know it's a long ass title, but I was like, oh, I'm going to run with it. Bliss Volume One, Madman's Theory. Then eventually kept going with the script, going with the photos. And then I got the camera and I was like, I should make videos for it too. Did that. That's why I think the process took like eight months long. It's just because like boredom from COVID being sad about shit all the time just me having a camera in my hand so i was like the way that covid made me react that's from the like quote slump i was like okay i'm gonna just keep pushing through and eventually i'll make something dope out of it something's gonna happen yeah still to this day i think it's like some of my favorite work even though it was just it was not what it was originally intended supposed to be but it ended up coming out pretty dope even though you know Shit got deleted, man. <laughs> but you know, I still got all the fucking photos, and this on IG for people that want to see it. So I was like, I'm not upset. And I got the script on handy when I do post the new website and everything. So I'm like, I'll be all right. Have you thought of uh, posting this on YouTube? Posting it on YouTube? No, just because copyright. 
copyright, copyright. It's a dialogue thing, dude. I'm so fucking scared of like YouTube. YouTube low-key the police. I'm terrified of them. Like, there's a couple. What about um uh Vimeo? Hmm. Said, what about uh Vimeo? Vimeo. I was just about to say like maybe on Vimeo for sure. Like. Maybe on there for sure, but like it's just mostly been like, oh, I'll post it on IG or whatever. It was supposed to be on my website too, but for some reason the videos weren't working, so I was like, oh shit, I'll just post it on IG. It was one of those fuck it moments. Even though it, like those videos, I use a bunch of small clips, so it would take me like two to three months to finish it and edit it. And then it's like, okay, I'll just put it out. Like, even the last one I did, this video just called 555, just, like, kind of insinuating that I'm not going to shoot black and white for a while. It was, like, it was just mostly going to be color. Like, I think that video took, I want to say, like, a month just to me just going out every day and just making these, like, taking these four-second clips and putting it all in one video. I think it was, like, all in total, like, 230 clips. And the video was, like, two minutes long. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that is a real creative process that uh no one sees. That is that immediately reminded me of Childish Gambino's. Uh, remember his his uh short film that he did for Because the Internet? Of course, dude. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, like the the actual cut is like maybe three minutes tops. The director cut is a half hour. Mm-hmm. It's like twenty three minutes like perfect almost the perfect amount for a tv show if it were to air exactly yeah like i actually have a physical copy of because your internet and it comes with the script that goes along with the album with the uh screenplay thing Mm -hmm. it's like the album makes a lot more sense (laughs) when i freaking read it at the same i was like okay like it's kind of like i've heard that i've heard that because when you watch the short film it clarifies some things, but I probably if you actually read the screenplay, which I'm assuming is longer, um, it would clarify much more. Because when I heard three, I recently listened to three thousand and five. It's a really fucking sad song. It is. Dude. It, it it gave a the first song. It made me instantly think of was "Hey Y'all" I by Outkast. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a sad song, but people jam out to it all the time. Because it's so damn happy. And like he says it in one of the three tones of the verses, bro. He's like, y'all don't want to hear me, y'all just want to dance. As well, like one of his verses are ending, and I'm like, bro, that's scary. Like, (laughs) because I've realized I've caught glimpses of it when I was younger, specifically when he says the line, nothing is forever. And the way it just sticks out. But I didn't realize how dark it was until you just sit down and listen to the, and sit down and watch. Not watch. You don't watch lyrics. You read lyrics. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Because 3005 is really sad. This guy's basically talking about living in a house with a whole bunch of friends who don't pay shit, who just bum around him. And they're just living off him, just not really giving a fuck about him. 
and it's really sad. It it is, man. It's just like because it has that up tempo beat and the catchy hook, people will not like listen to it. They hear it, but they won't listen. And it's really yeah. fucking terrifying. Like it's almost like a Laurel. And also, <laughs> the hook. I would say the hook is the biggest. I would say it's the thing that throws a lot of people off because very lovey-dovey, very melancholy, very no matter what you say, what you do. And it's like a lot of people just hear that and you're just like, oh, it's a love song. I never thought it was as a love song, but I can see how people come out of it thinking that because a hook is the most important part of the song in terms of mainstream listenability and whether it sticks in uh the cultural zeitgeist of uh damn i wow i'm using these big words i never use in a normal conversation and i blame uh justin simeon uh for the don't at me podcast it's a it's a great podcast it's basically this uh filmmaker and he and he interviews like black creatives on their process and things like that and their life all sorts of things like that i recommend it it's a great listen also he's a great director um he directed uh remember the netflix show dear dear white people i love that show yeah yeah that's him oh shit that's tight all right yeah, he's uh, he directed it. He also directed um, Bad Hair, which is a Hulu exp- exclusive. But uh, if you know how to use the internet, you can uh, watch it. It's a great movie. I fucking love it. Like, I love black-centric stories. And before, I didn't understand why people were fighting so much for it, just me keeping a buck. I didn't think it was that big of a deal until I saw it and it just clicked. Yeah. Because literally the hair the movie is about evil weave. Right. Imagine a sewing that can fucking kill you. It is a slasher film. This man made a slasher film with fucking weave. Weaves, okay. Bro. No no white person would come up with that. And I I'm starting to see I'm starting to see how culture how our culture can inf- impact art in a way that it wouldn't have been greenlit before because mm-hmm. it's not some big box office hit, but it's a phenomenal movie that I wish got a theatrical release. Yeah. Because I feel like it would have been praised. I, I feel like it would have been critically reviewed well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy though. Like um, a friend of mine, we were having this conversation like a couple months ago. She said it's like the Black Renaissance, like all over. Like, it is crazy. I feel like Atlanta was. It wasn't the first thing, and I'm not gonna say that, but it was the first thing to, I would say, start it off on everyone's eyes to be like, oh, okay, <laughs> black people are having these very unique, very. I don't want to use the word unique again, but it's very like a centric, close to home, close to home stories that you wouldn't get beforehand. Cause I feel like we're running out of tropes. I feel like we're running out of ways to reuse tropes in, I would guess 
in media because there aren't many interesting villains. There aren't many interesting heroes anymore, really. I feel like there's a need and a want for more cultural related stories where you wouldn't expect you like you're seeing a you're seeing a villain but you're seeing a villain from a different perspective if that makes any sense exactly you're seeing a villain in a way where it hit home it hits home for you and maybe even people outside of your race because you're able to see different things or relate to them in a different way because you know like uh you heard this term uh skinfolk and kinfolk you know Uh it's different when you're able to see that you know yeah i feel you if there's one movie that like man i loved it except for the end just because i wanted it to end so different i was uh queen and slim spoiler alert for the people that haven't seen it i guess but like Man, Twitter was, was having like, a field day with that. Bro, it was like the fact that it's your own people, like that's the vibe that I got from like the last few minutes of the movie. Like, damn, it's really your own people sometimes. Like that fucking sucks. Cause think about it, like there was a white couple in one scene that helped them escape from the cops. And it's like there's a bunch of very powerful moments in there, but all it took was one person of the same race fuck them up and I was like damn man I wish they would have ended differently like oh, first of the all the cinematography for mm-hmm. that movie is gorgeous it is fucking oh, it is a gorgeous movie hell yeah oh my goodness I want to rewatch it honestly it's like one of my favorite movies up there with like Wolf of Wall Street and Hereditary like those are like my favorite fucking movies I'm not gonna lie I hate saying I hate saying my favorite movies because they vary a lot yeah but um because my favorite movie list is literally robocop um nightcrawler uh uncut gems and then uh you have to go watch it It, it, it's great i've never rooted for a literal a literal piece of shit before until that movie Plus, it has Kevin Garnett in it. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I know KG in it for sure. Man, after that yeah. movie, I was uh, I was crying. I was crying my eyes out looking at KG jerseys <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> Bro, and yeah, dude. Like I don't know. Like right now, we're not necessarily Hollywood, but where black cinema is at, I love it. Absolutely, it's in a great place. Yeah, it's like man, like I just hope it continues to grow. Like this is only going to inspire the next person to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't know. Like that's like the my ultimate goal. Like I said, it's like I just want to make like two movies and then like dip from Hollywood. That's the goal. (laughs) Two? Yeah, just two. I'm trying to. What? Nah, nah. If I'm yeah. bro, if I'm in Hollywood, I want to make like five or six, and I want them to be just totally different. Like I want to make RoboCop Part Three. Like, well, 
I want to make a good reboot of RoboCop. Correction. Yeah, I feel you. Because that is one of my favorite movies of fucking all. I don't care. Like that is one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's complemented by this just great soundtrack. Because it's very industrial sounding. Because you hear these horns, but you also hear uh, people slamming on steel. And it's, 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 it's a great movie. You should, you should go watch it. It's a great movie. Oh, yeah. Because they would, as a kid, I watched it at least 50 times. And that's not an over-exaggeration. Because my parent, my mom, my mom and brother would fucking hate that movie. Because it would always be on the TV. Like, they would fucking hate it. Like, my brother would, like, walk by, walk by TV and be like, you're watching this again? Like, <laughs> like this movie sucks. <laughs> like, I remember one time he was on the phone and he saw it in a movie. He was just like, this movie sucks. Why are you watching this again? Man, no, nah, dude. You gotta, gotta let you live, bro. Like, I was, the, I was the kid, like, if I liked any movie or any song, like, I'm the type of person when I like something, I really like it. So it's like, if I like, I feel that. Oh, yeah, bro. Like I, like I said, Hereditary, dude. I, I watched that movie so many times, and I keep picking out new things that I've never seen before. Like, I think the first time I went to go watch it is tragically the same day X died, which is wild. That shit sucked. Damn. But yeah, bro. Oh man, I was in sh- I was shook. But like. I remember I went to go watch the movie for the first time, and then, like, in the funeral scene, like, you see the necklace the grandmother is wearing. Then I noticed mm-hmm. a few seconds later that same symbol was on the pole that the sister got decapitated on. And I was like, I was like what the fuck? Oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, okay. And then, like, the person I came with, she's like, how the hell did you notice that? And I didn't even see it the first time I saw it. I'm like, okay. As soon as she told me that, I'm like, okay, this is a movie I really have to pay attention to. So, like, even after the second, third, and the fourth time I watched it, I was like, yo, this movie's amazing. Like, my mom can't stand the fact that I watched that movie so many times. And I've, tell, I've recommended it <laughs> to her so often, and she still has not seen it. And it makes me so upset. <laughs> Bro, like, I need her to watch it twice. Not once, but twice. And it's just to see if she can pick out what she's seen different. Like, like man, I don't know. So I, I would say, like, Another one that like my family hated, but I just loved, um, fucking Gem in the Holograms, like the original, like, what was it, like eighty seven or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I would watch the shit out of that. Like, like I found out about it. I found out about it when I was on vacation in Georgia, and then dead ass, I shit you not. I was watching the ever living shit out of it when I got home. Like I fucking loved it. Like my parents, like like they were looking at, they were looking at me kind of, kind of sideways. Like, yo, you good? (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo, like RoboCop's one thing, but this, like everyone in the house was looking at me like, yo, is this nigga, is he okay? Like, 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 like I feel like mom, I feel like everyone was just like, "This is a face. This has to be a face. You're just being weird." Man, no way, dude. I remember there was a show on Cartoon Network years ago called Totally Spy, and like I watched the hell out of that. That was all. my shit. I loved it. Yeah, because it was just good. 
really good. That and this thing called Code Lyoko. I was like, I feel like barely anybody remembers that fucking show. But Code Lyoko is a weird fucking show. I can't was, remember. I can't remember the plot, but I remember weird. everything they did. <laughs> like it feels like, like a it feels like a fever dream that other people remember on Twitter and only on Twitter. Yeah, it's like, yo, anybody that remembers Cole Lyoko, I might do. Like, okay, so you're from this era. Like, <laughs> and like you could tell how strange that show was. Like, we had really weird shows back in the day. And like, I always tell people, I'm like, that's why our generation is so strange. Like, we grew up with Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like, you cannot put that on TV no more. Like, if you show a kid that, they'll get freaked out. Um, certain episode, um... Certain episodes you can't get away with, but I feel like most of the catalog you can. Because when you look at some of the things Cartoon Network has now, and while yes, everyone's gonna shit on T Titans Go, which is like, it's not bad. It's honestly not bad. It's its own thing. And the moment you accept it is the moment you realize it's not a bad show. Like Amazing World of Gumball, I don't really consider it a part of the Adventure Time like generation. It's almost like a J. Cole middle child situation. Uh But yeah, I feel like Amazing World of Gumball, even even other shows like Steven Universe and Adventure Time, like they're weird elements. And the reason why you just don't see them maybe on TV nearly as much is because the more story driven episodes that probably won't do well, that you kind of have to watch in order. You're, they're not going to be rerun nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Like Steven Universe. If you watch Steven Universe randomly, it's going to feel like a fever dream. It's weird. Like it's one big gay analogy. It like, really is. Yeah. Like I feel like the cart. I feel like the cartoons that kids are growing up with now are different, but I don't call them inferior. They're no, just no. different. And they're just telling different stories. Like, bro, the regular show. They got the regular show, dog. And I fucking love that show. <laughs> regular show is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, it, like it's 20-somethings who are lost. It, it, that show is hitting me on a fucking primordial level now. It really is, dude. And uh, J.G. Quintel, he's work, he worked on... Uh, Basically, it's basically like a spiritual successor to it called uh, Close Enough. And if you liked regular show, you're going to love that. If you have HBO Max, go watch it. It's great. Yeah, for sure, bro. Like, yeah, I think I've seen like little clips of it. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's like the same art direction damn near like regular show. It's made by the same dude and voiced by him, too. Yeah, so I'm like, I can watch it. It's just they're cussing now. Like, more relatable. Yeah. Like, they're just 30-year-olds with a kid, and they're just really irresponsible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really hope it gets a second season. Like, that was one show, like, I felt bad to bootleg. Like, like there are very few times, like, I feel bad to bootleg something, but that was one. I was just like, damn, how much is HBO Max? I realized how much it was, so I was like, damn. Maybe I'm not such a scumbag. <laughs> Oh, HBO Max, man, they're making money, dude. They're making money. Oh, it's like there. 15 a month. It's like something ridiculous. 15? I don't even pay that much yeah. for my gym. 15? 
Like exactly. Like niggas is taxing. Oh, what the fuck, bro? There's a lot of other memberships I could get worth fifteen dollars. <laughs> like God. exactly. But yeah, bro. Like I don't know. Like this shit that like is on. I guess you could say TV now, or like I don't even know if people still watch like cable or nothing. But it's like if you pick and choose the good shit, like bro. There's some stuff. Cable's in such a weird shit. It's it's in such a weird place. It is, bro. It's like eighty percent reruns. I can't do that shit no more, man. It's not even like new things aren't coming out. But I feel very inconvenienced if I can't watch something on demand when I want to. Yes. Like, because cable is cool, but streaming is something that you just can't go back. You can't go from streaming to cable. Yeah, honestly. Honestly, because I don't want to operate on some random fucker's schedule. Exactly. That's like if you hand somebody a Tesla and be like, yo, yeah, go ahead, drive this. Then hand them a freaking like a regular ass car and be like, yo, go ahead, drive this, see if you like it. And it's like, dude, you just have me ride a Tesla, bro. <laughs> like, yo, yeah. it's superior. It's fucking superior. Like, you're what? Yeah, like it, it is nothing short of insane, honestly. Because like, TV is, I don't think TV is dying but i i had to put that in like an asterisk because it's not dying it's just needs a new life if that makes any sense because it 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 needs to find a way to coexist with streaming and i feel that there hasn't been a channel that has gotten streaming down packed like there's no netflix of channels if that makes any sense yeah, I feel you. It's like, man, it's the end of the beginning, man. Like, from here on out, like, streaming services are what's going to, like, dominate everything. Like, even in the music industry right now, it's like, people don't buy albums. Like, every time I tell people I buy physical albums, they're like, dude, you're weird. Just stream it. <laughs> Bro, like, I, I can't. I the only time I really stream albums is if it's like a newer act and I just don't know how it's going to turn out, but I will never just blind. I, I don't think I could ever just blindly buy an album, not hear anything about it. just off the power of someone's name. I don't think I could ever buy something like that. Dude, I did that one time and I did not regret it. Uh, it's I mean, who did you do it for? It was Schoolboy Q. And the album, uh, which was- album was that? Blank face. The blank face LP. Okay. Dude. Now I see why you don't go regret it. That album is Schoolboy Q is weird God. because he unlike Absol, who I feel like is a recluse by choice, because he fucking has to be. He hasn't dropped anything in a while. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's someone who until he dies isn't gonna get respect the way he should, because in my opinion him and Kendrick are toe to toe and I don't give a fuck what you say. Uh-huh. Like they are toe they like they are equals, but no one views them as such. Yeah. It, it's crazy, bro. Like, I don't know. I really fuck with TDE, man. I really fuck with what they're doing over there. Like 
the one person that I was super excited that did drop from TDE was Reason because he has like the least amount of work from them. So I was like, okay, like, let me check him out. And like, was not disappointed. It kind of reminded me like, okay, like TDE still the shit. It's just, we haven't gotten albums from SZA, Kendrick, Isaiah Rashad need to drop something. Yeah, we might not get an album for Kendrick from a while because... Um, if you don't know, um, Kendrick has his own like little production company with his cousin Baby Keem, and uh, what's it called? Candy Lane. Yeah, PG Lane. Yeah, PG Lane. Yeah. My God, bro! The visuals we got so far are like stunning. And I'm like, bro, it's ridiculous. Nigga, I'm trying to get signed by them, nigga. Dude, like in my head, I was like, yo, I would love to be just a freelance artist and build my own thing. But if I were to get signed by anybody, definitely PG Lane. It would be them. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, like, my God, man. Like, first of all, Baby King is probably like one of my new favorite artists out right now. That dude is ridiculous. (laughs) He is absolutely ridiculous, man. But yeah, no, dude, like I'm looking forward to what TDE is going to do musically for sure. They just keep us on our toes. I don't. I. I. I just don't know what they're going to do with their label because if they lose Kendrick, it's like you basically lost Raps Poster Boy. Yeah, it's like to this day, "To Pimp a Butterfly" is still my favorite album ever. Like, I'm like, "Damn" is a great album. Oh my god! Uh, Section eighty. Um, Good Kid, Mad City. Good Kid, Mad City. Hell, even C four, like if you like if you're if you, uh, if you've been following him for a long time, like C four is like fucking great. C four overly dedicated, fucking ridiculous. Like even the untitled mm-hmm. project, which is like all leftovers that are unfinished from Pepper Butterfly, and it's like it's still slight. I listen to I listen to Blue Faces like at least once a week. I'm not I'm not even exaggerating, bro. That shit's so good, man. It's one of those things where it's like, it was like, I told you I listen to, like, I get inspired by more musicians and um, different artists compared to photographers. Mm -hmm. Kendrick is definitely up there on the list for me, as well as, like, not to be, like, too general, but, like, a Basquiat down there, or a Jay-Z. Those are people that's, like, my list, but for sure, man. Um, I feel that we have had a pretty good conversation. It's been, I want to say a few hours, maybe two. I don't know. We started at a weird time, but thank you for being on this episode of the double O podcast. I appreciate you gracing me with your presence. If um, if there's anyone or anything that you would like to shout out, uh, please do so now. Uh, Sure. Um, shit. I just want to shout out to all the homies like Naja for sure, Nami Javar, Alexis. And yeah, that's really it. Like, you know, I'm really working on nothing else besides, like I said, the project I want to work on for two years. So that's the only thing I'm really be working on. Is it my walk in, do that. So. I was, I was literally just about to ask what can we see from you in the future but that was a very fucking stupid and redundant question but when do you think you will drop 
probably 2023, hopefully, like Valentine's Day. Like, okay. Probably, like a solid two years from now. That, that It's a big commitment, but I feel like I can do it. Like, I just want a big okay. old solid body work to for a photo book. That's the goal. I feel like Gunnar Solly made them like cool again. Whether you like him or not as a photographer, I feel like he just made them cool again. I'd be lying to you if I was just looking at photo books before he dropped his. Yeah, like already like got a whole narrative and story and shit. So I'm like, cool. Like now I can make something kind of unique. Just work on that for two yeah um but yeah i'm gonna wrap this up uh thank you for everyone who's watching this live this will go for this will be put up i don't know sometime this week i'll i'll figure it out and edit it i'll probably like just go on a 4 a.m editing binge because i've been going on those lately i I don't know why but relatable yeah, this has been the fourth episode of the Double L podcast. And bye. Pussy. Oh, my Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we're done. That was a wrap. Uh, Oh, shit, he left.